Can you dream of a world immune to cancer? Hello everyone, my name is Nick and I'm the host of the annual live stream for The Cure where content creators and podcasters from around the world join me to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute and Immunotherapy Research, which is training the body's immune system to fight against all forms of cancer. Over the past seven years, thanks to the power of indie podcasters and the indie podcasting community and listeners just like you listening to this right now, we have raised over $90,000. And as I record this now, the eighth annual live stream for The Cure is barreling down upon us really, really quickly in just about two weeks. So join us, please, from May 29th through June 1st for 48 hours of amazing content from people all over the world and help us fight for a world immune to cancer. I'll now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Thank you so, so much. And together... We can make a difference. What came first, the chicken or the egg? In a world overflowing with movies, we need a hero. Someone to separate the bad from the good. Hi everyone, I'm Em and welcome to Verbal Diorama episode 78, Chicken Run. This is the podcast that's all about the history and legacy of movies you know and movies you don't. So firstly, I hope you're all keeping healthy and well, especially during these ridiculous times. Uh, This is episode four of Animation Season 2021 and hopefully it's bringing you as much joy as it's bringing me. This season is running through January and February and showcases 10 animated movies from different studios, different countries, different animation styles, and basically just highlighting great animated movies that you either know or you may not know. Um, but hopefully it'll entice you to find them out and watch them. Um, and as always, whether you're a returning listener or a new listener, you are so welcome to Verbal Diorama anytime you like. And especially animation season, because animation is something I've always been very passionate about. Firstly, that it's not just for children and it's not a genre. It really irks me that people say animation is a genre. It's not a genre. And this particular episode on Chicken Run follows episodes on Coco, The Secret of Nim and Your Name. And it's the first, but not the only, stop motion movie of the season. There's actually an interesting link between this movie and the next stop motion movie. But I can't really say much more than that because otherwise you'll guess the next movie and I don't want you to. uh, Because that's kind of at the end of the season. And to be fair, when you think of stop motion, there's really nothing bigger than Chicken Run. I mean, quite literally nothing bigger than Chicken Run. I just wanted to say as well, because so many people have messaged me to say how much they enjoyed The Secret of Nim and about how happy people have been that I'm actually focusing on these slightly older movies, especially the older, traditionally hand-drawn movies that people grew up with and that over time seem to have been forgotten. Everyone remembers the Disney movies, especially the Disney Renaissance movies, um, but something like The Secret of Nim isn't really talked about much. And actually, when it came to promoting uh, The Secret of Nim, I asked 
uh, other podcasts if they had an episode literally no one <laughs> and I even looked because uh, I like to look and see if anyone's got an episode uh, that I can contact them and promote for them and literally no one had done an episode on The Secret of Nim. so it just feels to me like these movies feel so obscure and yet so familiar to millennials to people of my era and like I say it seems to be the sort of movie that most podcasts won't even cover so I'm genuinely really thrilled and really touched to be one of the few to to cover a movie like The Secret of Nim and also to get such really lovely feedback on the episode. Similarly with your name, uh, it feels like I kind of started big with Coco and then I've kind of got a bit obscure for two episodes because obviously your name is very well known in Japan. Uh, it's not as well known here in the UK. Um, but then I've kind of bounced back a little bit with Chicken Run. Uh, because Chicken Run is the highest grossing stop motion movie of all time. And Aardman are well, genuinely somewhat of a British institution. And I've actually not featured them since episode 27. So it's been a little while since I've done an Aardman movie. But this is like proper traditional Aardman stop motion. There's no computers involved. It's everything is completely done by hand. And it's completely marvellous. So without feather do. <laughs> uh, here's the trailer for Chicken Run. Ever wonder what chickens do when you're not looking? Operation Cover Up! No chicken escapes from Tweedy's farm! You've got to get out of here. Uh-oh. attempt was a bit of a fiasco. These chickens are planning a little getaway. The plan is we go over the wire. Oh, that might work. Now they may have found their only hope. Thank you ladies and gentlemen. You've been a wonderful audience. Ouch! The name's Rocky. And what brings you to England? Why? All the beautiful English chicks, of course. Pushy Americans. Hi, how are you? Overpaid, oversexed, and over here. Which funk is mine? What is it? It's a pie machine. Chickens go in, pies come out. Ooh, what kind of pies? We're all going to fly over that fence, and Mr. Rhodes is going to show us how. Did you say fly? This summer. I don't want to be a pie. I don't like gravy. Rocky! I'm coming! From the Academy Award-winning creators of Wallace and Gromit. Rocky! I'll be down before you can say mixed vegetables! Dare to dream. There's a better place out there. And get ready to fly. event of an emergency put your head between your knees and kiss your bum goodbye chicken run i mustn't panic we mustn't panic a group of chickens live a regimented life of egg laying on a yorkshire chicken farm run by the bumbling mr tweedy and malevolent mrs tweedy the chickens led by pragmatic and hopeful ginger keep trying to escape tweedy farm but always get captured when a fellow hen is slaughtered for not laying any eggs, their situation turns desperate. 
A flamboyant American rooster flies into the coop and the hens hope he can teach them to fly to freedom. However, when Mrs. Tweedy realises the profits are in chicken pies rather than eggs, a pie-making machine is installed. The hens' need to escape becomes even more urgent. But can chickens fly? Hmm, that is the question. Uh, <laughs> so let's go quickly through the cast of this movie. I'm trying to try and avoid making chicken puns, but to be honest, if I think of a chicken pun off the top of my head, it probably will just fly out of me. Um, <laughs> but um, the cast of this movie, we have Julia Sawala as Ginger, Mel Gibson as Rocky, Miranda Richardson as Mrs. Tweedy, Tony Haygarth as Mr. Tweedy, Benjamin Wittrow as Fowler, Timothy Spall as Nick, Phil Daniels as Fetcher, Jane Horrocks as Babs, Imelda Staunton as Bunty, and Lynn Ferguson as Mac. So the story was by Peter Lord and Nick Park. The screenplay was by Kerry Kirkpatrick, and it was directed by Peter Lord and Nick Park. So before we start talking about the origins of Ardman and of Chicken Run as a concept, we need to go back, way back, to 1943 and to a high-security German prisoner of war camp, which was called Stalag Luft III in Zagam, Poland. Uh, based on the non-fiction book of the same name, a fictionalised version of the real mass escape from this prison of British Commonwealth prisoners was released to great acclaim as a movie in 1963, starring Steve McQueen, James Garner and Richard Attenborough. And while this movie was based on real events, it was highly dramatised and contained fictitious characters and significantly increased the involvement of the American prisoners of war to appeal to an American audience. I am, of course, talking about The Great Escape, one of the most beloved and well-known war movies ever made. And I, and I think the link between The Great Escape and Chicken Run is pretty obvious. Uh, the plot, imagery and music borrow very heavily from The Great Escape. I mean, this was completely intentional because it started out as a spoof of The Great Escape. Ardman, of course, is a genuinely British institution. Uh, they've been making animation since 1972. They were founded by Peter Lord and David Sproxton. Their most famous first creation was the clay stop-motion children's TV character Morph who debuted in 1976 in Take Heart. They became household names for their use of claymation and especially the stories of hapless Wensleydale loving Wallace and his mute sensible dog Gromit, uh, which was created by Nick Park and also the Peter Gabriel's music video for Sledgehammer. Uh, a Grand Day Out came out in 1989 and lost the Best Animated Short Oscar to its fellow Ardman production Creature Comforts. Ardman's work has amassed a total of four Oscars and five BAFTAs, and Oscars is something I want to talk about towards the end of this episode because Chicken Room may not have won anything, but it started a change at the Academy that pretty much revolutionised awards, especially for animated movies. Um, it's sometimes easy to forget because Wallace and Gromit is so ingrained in British consciousness and sensibility that Wallace and Gromit as characters only ever starred in short films until their feature debut in 2005, which was The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. A Grand Day Out, as I mentioned, was the first in 1989, followed by The Wrong Trousers in 1993, A Close Shave in 1995, and A Matter of Loaf and Death in 2008. This then spun off with the character of Shaun the Sheep from A Close Shave, who had his own TV show and two films, Shaun the Sheep Movie in 2015 and A Shaun the Sheep Movie Farmageddon in 2019. But when it came to their first full-length feature animation Instead of choosing the well-known and beloved Wallace and Gromit for that first feature, they decided to go with Chicken Run, which was first conceived as an idea in 1995 
by Peter Lord and Nick Park. Nick Park had pet chickens as a youngster and they were named Ginger and Rocky. So the first two and a half years of Chicken Run were spent designing the characters and doing storyboards. And what started with a team of two people ended up towards the end a total team of 385. But I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm kind of putting the chicken before the egg or the egg before the chicken because before all of that, there was a very important meeting. And in January 1996, Peter Lord and Nick Park met with Jeffrey Katzenberg and Steven Spielberg, two of the three founders of DreamWorks Pictures. Jeffrey Katzenberg had resigned from Disney in 1994 and founded DreamWorks with Spielberg and David Geffen the same year. The idea was to have a studio that could viably take on Disney's domination of the animation market. Coincidentally, Disney was also keen on Chicken Run and it was Katzenberg's gusto and perseverance that led Aardman to strike a deal with DreamWorks to co-finance and distribute Chicken Run. This agreement was announced in December 1997, a year after Chicken Run had actually started production. That deal between Aardman and DreamWorks was worth $250 million and included a further four films in a 12-year period. That didn't happen. Spoiler alert, they only ended up doing three, Chicken Run, Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit and Flushed Away, before the contract was terminated on the 30th of January 2007. And although that split publicly was said to be quite amicable, insiders claimed that DreamWorks' desire for creative control was overly dominant, borderline obsessive, and not something Aardman particularly liked or enjoyed. Aardman would go on to sign a deal with Sony, uh, which would give us Arthur Christmas, uh, a movie that I featured in episode 27 of this podcast. And Arthur Christmas is a wonderful, lovely Christmas movie that I always recommend at Christmas time. Uh, the voice cast for Chicken Run was in place before the animation process started and was really a who's who of British talent. Julia Sawala might not be a worldwide name, but here in the UK, millennials grew up with her, firstly in children's TV shows like Press Gang, and then in Absolutely Fabulous as Eddie's pragmatic daughter, Safi. Benjamin Wittrow, who I most remember personally from 1995's Pride and Prejudice as Mr. Bennett. Jane Horrocks, who was also in Ab Fab, uh, and also most well-known uh, cinematically for her lead role in the movie Little Voice. And obviously Imelda Staunton, who's, you know, Dolores Umbridge from the Harry Potter movies. And Miranda Richardson, who literally everyone in Britain knows as Queenie in Blackadder. And so you had all of this amazing British talent. And then you had this kind of outsider character in the character of Rocky. Um, And having that character be American wasn't the filmmaker's first choice because they originally thought an Irish character would be better. But making Rocky American proved to be pivotal for the production to appeal to an American audience, as well as kind of using that fish out of water or chicken out of the coop or however you want to say it. It's chicken out of the coop a thing. I don't know. I'm making it a thing. So the fact it could inspire a lot of comedy to have that kind of chicken out of the coop kind of thing, you know, the cultural divide and and like The Great Escape as well, to add a Steve McQueen style hero with that kind of level of Steve McQueen charisma. And I kind of just want to make a quick point about Mel Gibson, because I've never kind of strayed away from talking about problematic actors or directors. Um, And I don't go out of my way on this podcast to feature movies to promote someone who is problematic. And I've kind of said it before that you have to separate the art from the artist. And I feel that way about Chicken Run to a certain degree. Not so much as kind of other people that I've featured on the podcast in the past. But I'm going to go on record to say that Mel Gibson seems like an absolute piece of trash. I've heard stories about him being sexist, anti-Semitic, homophobic, racist. 
believe he's been accused uh, of an ex-partner with domestic violence. So, I mean, he seems like a completely vile person. The fact that he seems to still have a career in Hollywood, I think, points to some severe white male privilege. Um, And I'm not suggesting that he's not talented because he clearly is. I mean, you know, he's been an actor for decades. He's been a director for decades. But, you know, talent is no excuse for your behaviour. And nor is the claims that a lot of the things that he did and said were under the influence of alcohol. You know, I just think he comes across as a really, really vile person. I mean, it's worth noting, however, that he has not been cast in the sequel to Chicken Run. But then neither has Julia Sawala. And this is kind of what I have a bit of a problem with. Because Julia Sawala not being cast as Ginger in the sequel. I actually tweeted about it when it all came out. And my Twitter response ended up in like top tweets and it got a load of likes and comments and retweets and stuff like that. So it's literally, (laughs) Julia Sawala is literally like the highlight of my Twitter. But I I still maintain that Julia Sawala, her role as Ginger, is the passionate beating heart of this movie. And so the sequel to me doesn't feel right without her involvement. And I'm really sad that it's going ahead without her. And the main reason it's going ahead without her is because apparently she claims that they told her she sounded too old. I mean, it's 21 years after the original. Uh, Obviously, the original movie came out in 2000. And, I mean, it's ridiculous. She's only 52. I mean, it's not like she's ancient. And personally, I kind of feel like Netflix who were uh, producing the sequel along with Ardman? I think that everyone involved should be very ashamed by that decision, personally. I'll talk about the sequel a little bit later, but that decision, I completely understand the Mel Gibson decision because he seems to be a completely vile individual, but not Julia Sawala because she does not deserve to be treated this badly. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> just going on a bit of a rant about the sequel. Let's go back to Chicken Run. Um Because as it happened, uh, when they were recording the lines for Chicken Run, Mel Gibson couldn't travel to London to record his lines. And basically the rest of the cast all recorded their lines together. And he ended up recording them in Vancouver. And that also meant that Aardman could bypass the US Screen Actors Guild rates, um, which was fortunate for them because they couldn't actually afford to pay them. And Jeffrey Katzenberg didn't want to pay them. For Ginger and Rocky's scenes together, they felt that having the two actors record together would be beneficial. And so Peter Lord, Nick Park and Julia Sawala flew to Vancouver, except Julia Sawala ended up being detained for an hour at customs before finally being allowed into Canada. And back to Jeffrey Katzenberg, I mentioned his particular attention to detail. Uh, Well, he wanted to be kept in the loop on everything. Pretty much every decision had to be run past him, every change in production. He wanted to know everything at all times. He would arrive on a private jet every six to eight weeks into Bristol's tiny private Filton Airport, which has since closed in 2012. He would bring his entire team and he would check up on the production at Artman Studio at Aztec West in Bristol. While many at the studio dreaded Katzenberg's visits, David Sproxton praised uh, his professionalism and hard work, as well as his faith in the production, despite those constant checks. Ultimately, Katzenberg wanted a product that would sell well in America. And I'll be completely honest, British sense of humour is often lost. And apologies to American listeners, um, but I think you could all agree that sometimes you don't understand British humour. Um, I mean, not that I'm a funny person, <laughs> but by any stretch of the imagination. I'm talking like proper comedy. I do feel like a lot of Americans kind of miss the point of British humour. And one of the things I think Chicken Run really excels in is the way it very expertly balances 
this very British humour, because it is incredibly British humour, as well as being really accessible to literally everywhere else in the world, including America, um, but especially America. And this was despite words like wazak, uh, which Jeffrey Katzenberg objected to, because he was like, well, what is that word? And to be completely honest, wazak is not a word that I use personally, but it's very clearly an insult. Um, so Ardman basically argued their corner and said, well, look, it's clearly an insult. So it's just like a made up word. So why can't we use it? And it seems to me like the production of Chicken Run, especially Ardman versus Katzenberg, was very much a production where you picked your battles. And one of the things that I adore so much about this movie, and there's a lot that I love about Chicken Run, um, it's not just the level of detail that Ardman goes into, because the level of detail is from the sets to the characters, to the script, to the direction. Pretty much everything about this movie is is flawless. But it's the thing that I love is the flaws. It's like the inconsistencies because it kind of gives like a personal touch. And what I mean by that is the, the use of plasticine where you can see like tiny fingerprints in the plasticine, especially kind of around the face. And those kind of flaws and inconsistencies is one of the most charming things about Chicken Run because it's very clear that all of this work was done carefully and meticulously by hand. Watching it in HD as well makes all of these little flaws and inconsistencies more obvious. But I love it even more for that. Uh, To painstakingly craft each shot, you know, to move the figure a little each time, to leave your mark, kind of, so to speak, on the character... It's actually completely endearing and something that I kind of feel has been lost to modern stop motion animation because modern stop motion animation doesn't tend to use plasticine. And you could argue that, you know, literally and figuratively, Ardman's fingerprints are all over this movie. Like I say, from the sheer beauty and the aesthetic to the self-deprecating pun-filled dry wit of the script um, to the fact it's set in Yorkshire. Because not much, not many Hollywood movies are set in Yorkshire. Uh, Especially not many animated movies are set in Yorkshire, apart from Wallace and Gromit, obviously. Every blob of plasticine feels sentient. And the sheer dedication on screen is mind-blowing. And I kind of feel like I say that for every stop-motion movie, because stop-motion is more laborious and time-consuming than other animation. But the fact that it's plasticine, you know, my nephew plays with plasticine. And the fact that you can make these beautiful, intricate figures out of it. I mean, you know, let's be completely honest, not everything is made out of plasticine because plasticine doesn't really work incredibly well under hot lights. So heads and hands tended to be plasticine because they could be more easily manipulated. The bodies of the characters were made to look like plasticine, but are actually sculpted silicone rubber around a steel skeleton. So in total, 534 puppets were made. Uh, The roll call scene actually shows 150 of those puppets in two sizes. There were 16 gingers and 12 rockies, and each puppet cost around £3,000 to make. Only three to four chickens could be made in a week. The production in total used four tonnes of plasticine, and 100 seconds of footage was shot and approved per week. There were 30 sets, 125 model makers, 40 animators, and 25 artists, as well as real knitting. Mrs Tweedy's cardigan was knitted by hand and Babs knitting throughout the movie was also real. It was actually knitted with toothpicks. And it's really interesting, actually, because I mentioned in the episode of Coraline about Coraline's clothing, which was made intricately by hand as well. Um, And there is a real difference between the knitting in Coraline to the knitting in Chicken Run. 
because the the knitting in Coraline is I don't know the knitting terminology. The knitting in Coraline is very like tight. It's very tight knit. Is that I think I think that's a word. So it's yeah, it's very tight. Whereas this is kind of very loosely knit. And it feels a little bit more like the character is an amateur knitter. In, in when I'm talking about Babs, obviously. Uh because she just knits all the time. But it it feels a bit more amateur coming from Babs. Um but I really like that for a really nice like character trait for her. Each animator as well was given a dope sheet on which lines were broken down phonetically so they could select the correct beak shape for the character. And new beaks. Now, whether it's a beak or a mouth, I'm calling it a beak, but technically it's a mouth because it has teeth. Um, <laughs> anyway, maybe I'm, maybe I'm thinking too much into it. Um, but anyway... <laughs> New beaks, I'm going to call it a beak rather than a mouth. New beaks were constantly being produced uh, and every change in the script would call for up to 400 new different styles of beak. So obviously the beaks had to be in all sorts of different shapes. So if you had like an ooh, it would be like a little, look like a little trumpet. I mean, it's quite intricately detailed stuff. One of the most technical pieces to film was the building of the plane sequence in which the camera pulls back through the hut as the chickens are performing numerous tasks like sawing and hammering and sewing and stuff. This was achieved by the camera shooting the back wall of the hut first and then basically as they went through, constructing the hut kind of meticulously as they went, as the camera kind of pulled back. But this then caused another problem because you couldn't have the foreground characters suddenly creating shadows on the background characters. And so to avoid that, they cut bits of the set away frame by frame with a Stanley knife to avoid casting any background shadows. Director of photography Tristan Oliver stated it was impossibly sophisticated and it took, and I quote, a bloody long time. I mean, obviously, there are plenty of brilliant poultry-based egg and chicken puns, uh, poultry in motion, you could say, but try as they might, they could not get a why did the chicken cross the road joke in. Um, they did try, but they fouled. That, that's a rubbish one. Why did I even say that? It's not even funny. Uh, <laughs> I'm laughing at myself at my ridiculousness. Let's move on to the obligatory Keanu reference. So this is a section of the podcast where I like to try and basically link Keanu Reeves to the movie that I'm featuring. Um, and obviously Keanu wasn't in Chicken Run um, and nor has he been involved with any Ardman production, nor has he made any chicken pies as far as I'm aware. Uh, I mean, he might make an excellent chicken pie. Unfortunately, Keanu, I'm vegetarian, so I wouldn't be able to eat it. But one thing I did find... And it's a really tedious link, but I'm going with it. He was parodied in Robot Chicken, season one, with an ad for his very special brand of sausage, uh, which celebrities like William Shatner and Christopher Walken loved putting in their mouths. The only thing I can't ascertain is if it was a chicken sausage. But obviously, you know, Robot Chicken, Chicken Run, it's the word chicken, uh, that's what I'm going with. Um, it's also worth noting that Keanu does not star in Robot Chicken as himself. It's actually the wonderful Seth Green, doing his voice and it's actually a really good impersonation of Keanu um that particular little uh, robot chicken sketch is available online uh I'd never seen it before uh, it was literally I did a google search for for Keanu and chicken and that's what came up and that's the level <laughs> sorry <laughs> that is the that goes into the obligatory Keanu reference. It's normally just Keanu and 
a word or the title of a film. That's basically it. I'm giving away all of my podcast secrets now uh, and humiliating myself at the same time. Um, but anyway, uh, let's move on to the music for Chicken Run because the score was composed by Harry Gregson Williams and John Powell. And like I say, it borrows heavily from The Great Escape, uh, as I mentioned. But it also pays homage to the likes of Hans Zimmer and Danny Elfman's Batman and Edward Scissorhands scores as well as a really fun rendition of Flip, Flop and Fly. That was originally recorded by Big Joe Turner in 1955 and it's performed for Chicken Run by Ellis Hall. And it's a really fun scene because the chickens get to jitterbug. And I love watching chickens dance. <laughs> there's, there's nothing more joyous than watching chickens dance a jitterbug. So Chicken Run was released on the 23rd of June 2000 in the US. It actually placed at number two in the box office uh, behind me, myself and Irene. Coincidentally, Mel Gibson's other movie, The Patriot, came out the same week as Chicken Run and actually landed at number seven. I'm sure Mel Gibson was thinking The Patriot might be a bigger movie than Chicken Run, but spoiler alert, it was not. Um, so Chicken Run was made for a $45 million budget. And as I said at the start of this episode, it remains the highest grossing stop motion animated movie of all time. Uh, it made $224.8 million worldwide. The second highest grossing stop motion movie is Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. And the third is Coraline, which I've also done an episode on. And it's still, even though it came out towards the end of last year, it was one of my most popular episodes of last year, which I think that just kind of speaks to A, Leica, and B, the quality of stop motion. Because a lot of people love these movies. Uh, and that's because of the love and the dedication that's literally bleeding through the pores of this movie. So I kind of alluded at the start of this episode about Chicken Run and awards. And that's kind of because Chicken Run was actually incredibly popular at the Academy Awards in 2001. Um, and there was a major push to get it a Best Picture nomination. And I mean, clearly that never happened. Uh, but the popularity of it led to the inclusion the following year of the inaugural Best Animated Feature Oscar which, I mean, is a milestone, really, in awards for animation. It was also nominated for the BAFTA for Best British Film and also Best Visual Effects. As I mentioned earlier, a sequel to Chicken Run is in production. Uh, it is in partnership with Netflix, uh, with Aardman, obviously, Aardman in partnership with Netflix, but without the main original cast. It is supposedly focusing on Molly, the chick of Rocky and Ginger, as she starts to outgrow the safe haven of the island. Uh, principal photography on that is expected to commence this year so that's 2021 and as I said oh, I have really mixed views because I would love to see more chicken run but I kind of don't want to without Julia Sawala um, I feel very strongly about it and it and I think it kind of stems from the fact that had Mel Gibson not been quite problematic I think they would have asked him to return and I just feel like Julia Sawala would have been invited back if Mel Gibson had been invited back and I feel like the fact that she hasn't been invited back is clearly either a ageist b sexist or c both of the above so yeah I, I don't know how to feel about chicken run 2 I'll try to pass judgment on it when it comes out but I feel like it's left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth I kind of didn't really expect that kind of behavior from a company like Aardman but it's just really sad uh, because this movie is so great um, and I feel like I don't I don't want the sequel to kind of sully a movie that came out, you know, back in 2000 that is just so wonderful in every way. 
anyway, moving over to social media thoughts. So something new that I've started doing in 2021 is I get patrons to give me their thoughts and I then give you the thoughts from the patrons and then I also kind of plug their podcast a little bit if if they have one or, or their project or their blog, anything like that, just to kind of say these are my patrons and these are the guys that are obviously financially supporting this podcast, I'm really grateful to them and so here's a link to what they're doing. Um, and so there is one patron thought this episode, it is from Scott from Monkey See Monkey Review podcast and he said, I love Chicken Men so much, it's a brilliant film and reminds me of such an important time of my life, it's forever woven in there. Is it my favourite Ardman? Pass. But then the competition is understandably high based on their consistently wonderful output. This is classic Ardman, a simple story told with great humour, craft and thrills, as well as some of the finest pun work known to man. Hope the sequel does it justice. And a massive thank you to Scott for his comments. He is the latest patron of this podcast. Make sure that you check out his podcast. Uh, he hosts that podcast with Kev and Chris. As I said, it's Monkey See, Monkey Review. And they are a lovely bunch of guys. They've got some great thoughts on movies. I'll pop a link to their Twitter in the show notes. So make sure you check them out. When I said one, I actually meant three. <laughs> um, because since actually recording that little bit and saying there was only one, uh, since had two more patron comments. And even though those comments came not from Patreon, I'm still going to treat them as patron comments. And they're still going to get a little plug and links and everything like that in the show notes because that's how I like to treat my patrons. So first up, we have Andy from Geek Salad. And he said, Chicken Run was a pure revelation for me, especially after having my fill, well, not really, of Wallace and Gromit. Nick Park's amazing stop motion techniques still amaze me. And its humour is spot on, sophisticated and quite honestly, a lot of fun. While I'm not the biggest fan of Mel Gibson, don't get me started on Braveheart, I thought he did a good job. But Julia Thuala is truly the star of this movie. I have been a fan of hers since AdFab, and it was great to see her getting a starring role, albeit as a chicken. And Jess agrees. Andy's been on this podcast before. You know Andy from Geek Salad. Um, and he's also commented a lot before, but he's one of the hosts of the excellent Geek Salad podcast. They have been running for 12 years, and they are pretty wonderful uh, as podcast goes. So um, yeah, make sure you check them out and I'll obviously put a link uh, and everything in the show notes. And also we have final patron thought, which has come from Emily from I Drink Your Podcast. Uh, and she says, My love for Wallace and Gromit carried over into my love for this movie. The story is silly and fantastic, filled with such innovative and extravagant escapes. I love the empowering and strong female characters and also the animation of how the chickens talk and whistle. Emily is also one of the patrons of this podcast and she's one of the hosts along with Ben, Matt and Wesley of I Drink Your Podcast. Their podcast purely focuses on the movies of 2007. I'm actually going to be guest hosting on their podcast in a few months. Um, so listen out for that and listen to those guys. Um, and obviously I'll put some links in the show notes. Right, moving over to Twitter. So we have a few comments over on Twitter about Chicken Run. At SWO Productions said, I have never even heard of this movie i mean it's a comment <laughs> fair enough if you've never heard of it that's absolutely fine at nftdt this is uh dave from not for the dinner table he said this was one of the first films i owned when i got a dvd player absolutely brilliant such a great cast but jane horrocks as babs was definitely the standout for me i don't want to be a pa I don't like gravy. Sorry, that's my really bad impression. I'm so sorry. I don't want to be a pie. I don't like gravy. 
<laughs> and he finishes with a, a rolling on the floor laughing emoji times three, uh, which I'm sure he laughed at the movie. He did not laugh at my impression just then. Uh, and finally, at underscore son of Ben underscore, the stereotypical Yorkshire farmer played as Mr. Tweedy is brilliant. His part makes me laugh every time. Moving over to Instagram, uh, we have FWM underscore pod who said, The humour in this movie is timeless and absolute delight. And um, we don't have any on Facebook, but as always, a massive thanks to everyone who took the time to give comments on Chicken Run. It feels like Chicken Run exists at a time that has kind of never before been seen and will kind of never see again. It's a time when stop motion you know, especially feature length stop motion was still a bit of a novelty, a time when everything was done by hand, when DreamWorks was just about, uh, and I'm going to come to that, still funding traditional animation. Um, While it feels like newer Ardman productions like Early Man, for example, have lost their way a little, Chicken Run just kind of heralds this real golden age of great storytelling, great characters, and beautiful stop motion animation. Uh, without any influence of CG, unlike Flushed Away and Arthur Christmas, as much as I love Arthur Christmas. Um, and it's also not related to any existing IP either. Um, it's exactly the sort of visually complex, simple, fun storytelling and beautiful, very laborious stop motion animation that that I live for and, and that this podcast lives for. Quite honestly, it's simply exceptional. And yes, I need to work on my chicken pun. (laughs) Okay, I'm being ridiculous. Thank you, as always, for listening. I would love to hear your thoughts on Chicken Run. If you do like this episode, uh, please take a moment to rate and review in something like Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. uh, Ideally five stars, especially if you really enjoyed it. Um, Or you can tell your friends about this podcast and spread the word about Verbal Diorama. If you did like this episode on Chicken Run, you might also like the following episodes. Episode 17, The Iron Giant, because I genuinely am going to plug The Iron Giant every single episode. Um, Episode 27, Arthur Christmas. So that's the other Aardman movie that I've covered. Yes, it is computer generated, but that doesn't take away from the charm and the beauty of it. It is a brilliant Christmas movie. It's just so sweet and lovely. It's got a fantastic voice cast as well. Again, just you know, British acting legends in the voice cast. Um, so I know it's not Christmas anymore, but please check out Arthur Christmas. Um, episode 29, Kubo and the Two Strings. Obviously, that is a Laika movie. Um, Kubo and the Two Strings did not do as well as Coraline financially, um, and obviously not as well as Chicken Run, but it's a beautiful movie. It's craftsmanship that you will not believe. I just feel like it's so ridiculously underrated obviously a lot of people have seen Coraline a lot of people have seen Chicken Run not many people have seen Kubo and the Two Strings so I mean especially if you like Coraline uh you should definitely check out Kubo and the Two Strings but it's genuinely one of the most beautiful movies that I've ever seen in my life so please check out Kubo and the Two Strings and episode 63 Coraline um I mean I feel like, what can I say about Coraline that I haven't already said? Uh, It's just a a dark, twisted, macabre, beautiful adaptation of Neil Gaiman. And obviously I have featured Neil Gaiman on this podcast before as well, because I did an episode on Stardust. 
Um, but Neil Gaiman has a, a very vibrant and, and vivid way of storytelling. And it's something that I feel like Laika just does perfectly. And yeah, like I say, Coraline is the third highest grossing stop motion animated movie and Chicken Run is number one. So if you like Chicken Run, I guarantee you will love Coraline. Give me feedback on my recommendations. Uh, as always, let me know. No one ever has let me know, by the way. But if you feel like I've missed something, then please do let me know. Next episode, uh, it actually has a surprising link to Chicken Run uh, because I mentioned the Academy Award push for Chicken Run to get a Best Picture nomination. And obviously that led to the creation of the Best Animated Feature Academy Award. And the movie that won that inaugural award was Shrek. And Shrek is the focus of the next episode of Verbal Diorama. This is a complete coincidence too, uh, I might add. I did not plan to do this. I wasn't actually aware of the link between Chicken Run and Shrek until I started researching Chicken Run. Um, and obviously by that point, Shrek was already <laughs> in the calendar to do. But it's, it's a lovely link between the two movies. And I'm really excited to talk about Shrek, which is again another DreamWorks movie. Chicken Run's the first DreamWorks movie that I featured. Shrek is the second DreamWorks movie. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited to talk about Shrek. I think there's a lot. I haven't seen Shrek for a long, long time. I've seen Shrek 2 more than I've seen Shrek. Um, so I'm more familiar with Shrek 2. Um, but I'm really looking forward to revisiting Shrek and really going into Shrek and how Shrek came about. Because Shrek is a really important movie in animation. So... Join me next week to talk about Shrek. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and Letterboxd at Bevel Diorama. If you wish to support the show financially, you're under no obligation. But I have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash verbal diorama. And if you would like to support the show, feel free to sign up on Patreon. Uh, the tiers start from $2 a month. And a massive thank you to the patrons of Verbal Diorama. They are, as always, Simon E, Sade, Hardy L, Claudia, Simon B, Laurel, Derek, Jason, Kristen, Kat, Andy, Mike, Griff, Luke, Emily, Michael, Matt, Trevor and Scott for being excellent poultryans. Yeah, that didn't work either. <laughs> I really need to up my pun game. I have a merch store. It's teespring.com slash store slash verbal diorama uh, if you want to buy some merch. You can email me if you wish, uh, verbaldiorama at gmail.com. You can say hi. You can give me suggestions. You can give me feedback. Or you can do so at verbaldiorama.com. And as always, pop over to filmstories.co.uk. Uh, the next issue of the magazine is coming out shortly. Um, there's actually, I'm really excited because I have my regular column in the magazine, but I also have a four-page feature in the next issue of Film Stories, which I'm really, really excited about because I'm a big fan of what I'm talking about in the issue and I don't want to spoil it because I'm really excited about it. But obviously, please get issue 22 of Film Stories magazine and read the four-page feature that I wrote <laughs> because I'm really excited about it. And obviously, I also still write for Film Stories Online as well. Um, and finally... But seriously though, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Does anyone actually know? Bye.